Well, hello. Hi. Welcome to this week's episode of Das Gripe. Uh, did y'all miss us? A week goes by kind of slow sometimes. Sometimes. With but it was a long weekend. So that makes it seem like it was longer. I feel like the days were just wonky. Yeah. Like, Tuesday felt like Monday for sure to me. Yeah. Even right? though you worked on Monday. I did. I had to, but I changed up my routine a little bit. Mm. Yeah. You know. I did. Um, I went outside. <laughs> you went outside. <laughs> on Monday morning. Which I don't do things. I like. I have to feel like I have to conserve my energy. Doesn't it feel kind of special when you do something that's outside of the norm? Yes. Yeah. I feel, I feel that like I'm way gonna too. start doing that regularly though. Just I changing it. it up. Just changing it up. Yeah. Um. This is Kai. Oh, and this is Allison. Yeah. And you're listening to the Gripe. The more famous we get, the harder it is for us to introduce ourselves. Because <laughs> so don't famous. you just feel that people should just know who we are by now? <laughs> That's how I feel. At the year mark, you should know who we yeah, are. Exactly. Um, yeah, but you know, we like to to vent a little bit <laughs> and we use this medium to do so. And we just want to help you be a better person in exactly. the world. Exactly. Yeah. So we we give unsolicited advice, <laughs> which is the best kind, I think. So you can trust us. <laughs> um, so this was Labor Day weekend. Notice that we're not doing... Like, we usually gripe about the holidays, but <laughs> how can you gripe about Labor Day? There's what is Labor Day? It's just a day off to commemorate, commemorate how hard we work. people that work. Mm-hmm. Working people. Isn't that funny? My favorite quote about Labor Day is from the rapper T.I. T.I., what T.I. got to say. can't get work on Labor Day. <laughs> That's the only quote I know about Labor Day. <laughs> T.I. Mm-hmm. Do you remember him? He, he, he's married tiny. tiny. Yeah. yeah. I know about him. I can't get work on Labor Day. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people can't get work on Labor Day. I know that Tiny was that group Escape from the 90s. Oh, you love that group Escape. I don't know them, actually. I know that they're uh, but R&B wasn't group. wasn't the girl, the woman from Real Housewives of Atlanta, wasn't she in Escape? She was. Candy, Candy Burris. Burris. Candace Burris? Yes. Candy. Candice. Candy. And Candy. <laughs> like, how could you not go by Candy if your name was Candace? Right. So I just know about her and her time on Housewives of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through her, I know about the tiny situation. That's all. They have a reality TV show. I don't know. I never Who's watched they? it. T.I. and Tiny. Oh, they do. Yeah. Or they did. They did. Yeah. I think that's over now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this that went down a, a rabbit hole for sure. <laughs> anyway, Labor Day happened, and our mm-hmm. week feels weird because of that. It feels weird. I thought it was a fast week, but now it feels like a really short week. Yeah. This is my first day in the office, which uh, is great. Oh, wow. Charlotte didn't have school on Tuesday, which feels like a racket, so I stayed home with her. Uh-huh. Then yesterday, you know, I don't work on Wednesdays in the office. So didn't she I have am. her first day of? 3K. What does that even mean? They just kind of, 3K is the school year for three-year-olds. Then it's 4K, then you go to kindergarten. So there's a 1K, a 2K, 3K? They don't call it that. What? They start at three. I'm so confused. It's weird. It's not even worth, like, delving into. Okay. And honestly, her school doesn't do it because she's a Montessori school. I just made that up for people that don't go to Montessori schools. I see. So that they could feel included in your... In your social world. Yeah, social and I mean, world. she just looked hella cute yesterday, so I had to post that. I had to post that shit. Um, so, uh, should we get into it? Yeah. So, okay, Labor Day happened, right? Mm-hmm. And the irony of the Labor Day holiday, um, oh, one of the ironic things is uh, Jeffy Owens from, he's an actor from The Cosby Show named Alvin. Who was Wait, dating? I think it's Elvin. Elvin. Yeah. Elvin. Not e. Alvin. That's yeah. he's not a chipmunk. He's not a chipmunk. No, he was a med school student that dated Sandra, the eldest of the Cosby kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And she was like studious. She was. She was kind of brainy. Goody two shoes. Yeah. Yep. Um, but what's funny is that if you watch the pilot of the Cosby Show, they mentioned they only have four kids, but then later on they, they added they another added one. Her. Yeah. I was Sketchy. like, oh, loophole. Anyways, um, so someone saw him uh, at Trader Joe's. In New Jersey. Uh, like being a cashier. Bagging groceries. groceries. And uh, they took his picture without 
telling him they posted it and then Fox News took it and ran like shaming him. Those God-fearing people. Shaming him on Labor Day for working. I mean... I'd like to know the rationale for that. Right. Yeah. And the poor woman that took his picture, she just wanted to take his picture. She has now since come out and say, I didn't take his picture and share it on social media uh-huh. because I wanted to shame him. He's, I did it because I was excited to see him. Uh-huh. And then... It I, got, didn't, I didn't hear that part. Interesting. Yeah, and then it got... But just, how did... So she... What did she post it? Oh, I don't know that part. Uh-huh. But obviously it was a public post and it was... Right. ...shared and... But if I saw a celebrity and I took a sneaky pic of them, I would make it public. You would, would you post it on... I feel like you would send it to me and to other people. I don't know that you would necessarily put it out there for everyone to see. I guess it just depends comments. on how excited I was. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> is the excitability <laughs> factor. I yeah. mean, with but that is shocking because we common people, we think that folks that have been on TV will have money forever, right? And they don't need to be working at Trader Joe's right. in New Jersey. And think about like one-hit wonder people too, right? You know, like people that have like one song that goes off, like they're not living off that money. They have to, like, go work like normal folks, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so anyways, he came out um, and kind of sort of talked about his situation and said, there's no shame in work, you know? And it was pretty cool to And he, a lot of people have been reaching out to him. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler Perry, Perry was uh-huh. like, I'm... I got a show. Yeah. But he said, again, that he doesn't want to get a job offer just because of... This. He wants to make sure he's you know, the right Elvin, person for the role. Screw that. Take the job. Take the money. This could do be, your acting craft. What's the word that we use now? His glow up. His glow up. This could be his glow totally. up. Totally, a situation that was perceived as bad. Mm-hmm. We can like shift that. God, make Fox it a, News. Make it a miracle. So, can somebody rich buy Fox News and mm. take it down? <laughs> Just close it. Buy yeah. it and then close it down. We need like Richard Branson or somebody. <laughs> totally. Someone nervy like that. Yeah. Um, so that was my, um, my Labor Day ironic story. But I also feel like that kind of segues into another one. Which is what? With Marianne. Oh, yeah. So y'all know Don Wells. She was Marianne from Gilgan's Island. Classic. You know how, like, Ginger was, like, the glamorous, tall, you know. She was the fave. Silver screen beauty. Yeah. Marianne was, like, the... Hometown girl. Girl next door. You know, she wore Daisy Dukes, that gingham That gingham tie on the front. Uh-huh. Yep. So, apparently she has hit some hard times. And um, a friend of hers set up a GoFundMe to raise a bunch of money. Like $200,000, I want to say. It was the goal. That was the goal? So, apparently she has had um, health issues, medical bills. Um, wait, I'm no... She's in the hole. Oh, jeez. So 200 grand would get her out of the hole? And it would get her into an assisted living facility. But it's an, it's a silver screen kind of assisted living facility. So it's kind of fancier, it sounds like. Okay. Um, and they had to raise a bunch of money. But the last I looked last night and they had reached like 25,000, which I think is a lot mm-hmm. for, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, medical expenses and I guess some bad investments that she made. So she's broke, sadly, and um, she's trying to trying to get on her feet, get into the hospital bed. Well, Twenty five grand isn't gonna. It's not really gonna scratch the surface no. of a two hundred thousand right. dollar debt. Right. So. Are the know. rest of the Gilligan's Island people still alive? I don't know how many are alive, but what I do like that you see that everywhere, like on TV land, and it's in syndication, but. Back then, they got such shitty deals. Like, the Happy Days folks got bad deals. These Gilligan Silence folks got bad deals. So not seeing any residuals from from back then. Damn. Even though we see them everywhere. Constantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it makes me feel kind of bad for her situation. Well, Sad. You pull out your wallet. I know, so. right? I should. <laughs> you pull out your wallet. <laughs> I don't know her. <laughs> Oh, I feel bad. Swipe. Go to the next. <laughs> we, ca- we keep it moving, y'all. We gotta keep it moving. I'm just here reporting the news. 
<laughs> so one of my favorite things that happened over Labor Day weekend was this video of Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> People are saying, and this phrase is tiresome to me, but I'm going to go with it. Living her best life. Is she though? In Greece. So let me set the scene. <clears throat> and I feel like we chatted about Lindsay Lohan uh, every week, probably like <laughs> two months ago, maybe. Uh-huh. So like maybe six or seven episodes back. So she's now in Mykonos, right? And she's opening up like clubs or something, Lohan like beach clubs. Mm-hmm. And she's basically given up on the U.S. because she can live a quote unquote normal life in mm-hmm. Greece and not be followed by the paparazzi. Yada yada. Do yada. your thing, girl. So there's a video of her, and I'm not sure who took it or how it got out into the public, but she's dancing on a stage by a DJ mm-hmm. wearing this, like, gold lame yeah, uh-huh. jumpsuit. jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. And her dance off moves are t- 100% <laughs> off rhythm. You're being so polite. She's whipping her hair back and forth. She's twirling around. She, like, lifts a knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, like... Okay, this is a this is a strange dance move. Well, then since then she just seemed very uncomfortable dancing. Well, no, she seemed comfortable because she was <laughs> she was feeling herself, but she's just not a dancer. I think that's the thing, right? <laughs> I've seen her dance. Remember she had like an album, yeah, like a pop album. That's true. I but, don't know. It just it just seems off. But everybody, I mean, talk about going viral. This mm-hmm. thing, this video of Lindsay Lohan dancing went viral and she has been so underneath the radar yeah that it was like where did she come from oh she's a redhead again mm-hmm. like she hasn't been a redhead in a long time right and where is this dancing so then all of these celebrities started like mimicking they, they, uh, the low hand like, really? like doing the low hand and now there's a hashtag like do Hello. the low hand interesting and so you know our I don't know if I can say our girl because I don't know if you're as obsessed with her as I am, but Busy Phillips oh, yeah. posted with a gal pal of hers. They reenacted the Lohan and they got flack for it oh, they did. by saying that they were making fun of her. And then she had to come back and say, no, I'm not making fun of her. She seems like she's enjoying her life. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I just think that I thought it was interesting. I just thought it was a fun little dance. Yeah. Two nuggets I want to add. Um, did you see that they someone spliced um, the top? Okay, so they kept her top half, and then they they <laughs> interposed uh, the dance scene in Mean Girls in no. the same outfits, <laughs> and the part where like they slap their thighs and like they dip like it's in sync. It's so funny. So it looks like she took that choreography from. Mean Girls that was dancing on stage with it. No. Yeah. Do you think she did that? I don't know. It's like, <laughs> this is all the moves that she knows ever. Then the number B, the other Lindsay Lohan viral thing was, there's like a, a I don't know if it's real Snapchat. though. It was a Snapchat? Yeah. It's a, it's a selfie of her and it says, rest in peace John McCain. Feel, feel better. better. XOXO. <laughs> and I was like, does she know what she's saying Does she here? know that he's dead? <laughs> like, she has to because she's the rest in peace. But does she know that feel better? Like, <laughs> you, you can't, can't feel, feel better from death. When you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Mercy. So I was like, is that real? I wasn't sure if it's real or not. It's funny. It's, <laughs> it, we should have talked about it last week. <laughs> we I didn't see it until post <laughs> post podcast launch. Um, did we talk about Theranos on? I don't think we've ever talked no? about Theranos. Okay, so um, Theranos is was <laughs> excuse me um, was a company formed by Elizabeth Holmes. She was nineteen um, in two thousand three. That's when she left Stanford and decided to sort of focus her attention on. Theranos, this company. And they claimed that they could test 240, like, lab tests from a single prick of blood, right? So that was, like, this big deal. Because right now they're taking vials and vials of blood to do all these tests. Um, So that was in 2003. They operated for, like, 10 years, like, in a shot of secrecy, right? Like, they didn't really tell people how they're doing it. Um, 
but they were like raising all this money. I think that the first um, thing that they said was they raised $45 million by selling equity and options. And so that's kind of how it started. Throughout the years, I think that they were uh, valued at $9 billion. So it was a big deal, mm-hmm. right? But Hot people startup. were not having it because there was no evidence that this technology worked. worked. And then so they so got... So was it to test for diseases? Test for anything. With one prick of blood. Yes. And so Walgreens got the sort of glow up on this too. And they said that they were inviting Theranos to bring in their equipment. And that it was called mini labs so that their customers could, again, do this test, right? Get a prick of blood um, and whatever test you need to be done could be executed at Walgreens. Um, But it was all a lie. She's... It's... Fraudulent. It was all fraud. Like, I had heard that one of the people that worked there, like, he would do these tests and say, uh, it's not working. You know, like, we're not getting the results that you're saying. And she's like, well, I don't want to hear that. Find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Which is completely backwards and non-scientific, right? right. Like, you could, because you're already at a conclusion with no data to support, support that. So that was, like, the crux of why this, isn't, this didn't work. And then so it was like, bank fraud and you know regulations that were violated and so they were just embattled and they finally closed down so will she go to jail there was no jail time um she had to pay like maybe a fifty thousand dollar fine or five hundred thousand i don't remember what it was but it was just a fine that i saw but there was no jail time that was going to be Put on her. For defrauding all those investors, though. I know. I mean, doesn't that, in that fire festival but guy? I kind of feel, <laughs> right, I know, right? I just feel like you're an idiot, though. These investors are, because you didn't see any proof of this. Like, yeah. you just trusted what they were saying without any evidence that I think it was that true. in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. people are just, like, so eager to get on, on the, the next, next big, big thing. thing. Absolutely. And so they're like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, my biggest gripe with her is she was really trying to make that Steve Jobs black turtleneck thing happen for her. <laughs> she only, This is a thing, Kai. She would only wear a black turtleneck. That was her quote-unquote really? uniform. Man. And I'm like, that's already been done. <laughs> exactly. Change up a little bit. And Steve Jobs, like, as a madman as he was, he's genius. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you, right. you, not, you can't replicate that. <laughs> Stop th- trying to make Theranos work. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Stop trying to immortalize black turtlenecks. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. Yeah, so they are no more. Good riddance. Bye. It's a bad rubbish. So today's the mm. official start of the NFL season, football oh, season. Mm-hmm. And I used to think the NFL is garbage. I still do. I know you do. Um, <laughs> but a couple of things happened to yes. change my mind. Okay. I started watching Friday Night Lights. Okay. And it was like... That's not NFL, though. It's football. That's high school football. Yes. So I started watching Friday Night Lights, which is a wonderful drama about high school football in Texas. <laughs> well, it's more more than that. Yeah. But yeah. that's the main premise. Yes. Yeah. It revolves around that. Yes. At this time that I was watching this football show, mm-hmm. the Seahawks started to get good. Oh, so they... Okay. Wait, so give me a year. 2013. Was I around? I was around, right? Mm-hmm. I just started coming aboard. Yeah. The scene here in Seattle. Yeah. So it was like I was watching this show that was all about football, and then the Seahawks started like winning all these games. So and kind I of was like, kind of posy with the football thing. And I was like, I didn't, I thought the NFL was kind of like trashy a little bit. I don't know if I can say that, but I kind of did. That's what I thought. That's my feelings. Uh-uh. And. Then all of a sudden, I really got on the bandwagon. And then they won, like, Super Bowls year after year, right? Well, they won it in Mm -hmm. 2014, and then they went back to the Super Bowl in 2015, but they lost. Ah, got it. Yeah. So, anyway, the first game starts tonight, and there's controversy with Colin Kaepernick. So... And Colin. Let's chat about this for a second. So, Colin Kaepernick was a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. And um, he started in 2016 kneeling in on protest. the football field. Yes. Um, in protest of police brutality. Correct. and Against black men, specifically. Correct. Black humans. And just 
race relations in right. the U.S., right? Peacefully so protesting. He started this grandiose movement mm-hmm. where a lot of people are now kneeling, and we have 45 tweeting about it. We have the NFL owners meeting. What Trash. are we going to do? Mm-hmm. We got Papa John's Trash. being upset. I mean, it's just like, how can people protest? That's the American way. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to do whatever we want. And kneeling when, you know, we we sing the national anthem at the start of a football game. First of all, bitch, please. Like, don't pretend that you are so patriotic that the anthem and the flag is what you are fighting for. But why does... Gay lie, gay lie, gay lie. Why does the American flag have to only represent fighting for America? Like, why can't it represent more than that? Right. Is my question. Sure. Why can't the American flag represent me being free to express my distaste to what's happening Which in is a this very country real that I love? Thing. Absolutely. You cannot say that, you know, black people are not persecuted as right. much as white You don't get are. to take ownership on what the flag means for every single person. Right. right. So um, we got... We got 45 at a rally talking about tell those sons of bitches to stand you're up. You're fired. Or yeah. you're fired. Get out of the field. I mean, the fact that our president is going off saying your sons president, of bitches. You're president, not my president. Sure. <laughs> Watch your mouth, girl. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing, I, I, a lot of reality I just can't believe is reality. Okay. Yes. So flash forward 2018. This is the 30th anniversary of Nike's Just Do It marketing campaign. Yes. So they teased us on Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember which, with an image of Colin Kaepernick with his big afro. Yep. And it says, um, stand for something, even if it means losing everything. Sacrificing everything. Right. Yes. Thank you. Just talking about that gives me goosebumps. <laughs> She's got them, y'all. Because it's such a powerful ad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, here we go. This is going to become a nightmare. Because everything today, you can't say anything without, like, becoming a nightmare publicly. And I don't get on Twitter. Do you really get on Twitter? I mean, I don't know that world. Yeah. Like, I have a Twitter account. Yeah, same. Um... But, but it's like, how do you navigate it? Find it? It's just, <laughs> no. yeah, it's too much No, it's a, it's a dark place. Let's just stay on Instagram. <laughs> so um, people are going crazy. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I don't look at it like, what did you call it? Uh, what kind of, a disaster? I said a controversy. A controversy. Yeah. Like, because there's nothing wrong with it to me. Like, I don't, I know that the people are burning their shoes and shit, but I don't, I don't see that. I find it incredibly powerful and a strong statement, and that's all I care about. Like, if I want to bring your shoes, go for it. There's going to be so many people buying um, Nikes than there are cutting out their swoosh. Correct. So here's the, here's the other thing. Like, um, since mm-hmm. that little glimpse, mm-hmm. that shot of Colin Kaepernick, yeah. Nike has gotten $44 million in free advertising right. just from people yep. chatting about yep, it. Yep, yep, yep. I love that. Um, but it's also like... We have to remember that this is that Nike is a global corporation, yes. right? That has a fantastic marketing right. department. So this was calculated. This was a calculated of course, move. Yeah. And I'm not mad about it. There are who are they advertising to? Right. Right? Like so if there's sixty year old Okay, even if there's 40, 40, 50, 60-year-old white men burning their Nikes in, I want to say Ohio, I shouldn't, Mm -hmm. in uh, Oklahoma. You're not really our target audience. It's not their target audience. And if you're burning shoes that you've already bought, Nike already has your money. got your money, honey. That's great. And there are people, which I love, that are like, you want to bring your shoes? Actually, give them to me, and I will give them to veterans that need them. So choose your weapon. How do you want to get rid of your shoes? You yeah. can burn them and, and have it useless, or you can like maybe do something good as you decide to break away from this company. Are you going to be an asshole, or are you going to be someone that stands for something yeah. yourself? So what's interesting to me in 2018 is now it seems that every major corporation is taking a side. Not taking a side, well, I but they're letting you know where they stand on social issues. Right, like in and out They gave a measly $25,000 to the GOP. Do you know about this? No. Yeah, this happened like last week. $25,000 and it's created such a 
fucking hailstorm of shit. And it's such a small amount, you know? I just, I don't know. I think it's kind of funny. Um, I told my brother that, and he was like, ugh, fuck. <laughs> I gotta stop eating there. Not that he eats there regularly. He doesn't live in, on the east, the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> but he loves him some in and out So then all those 40 and 50, 60-year-olds that are burning their Nikes, mm-hmm. they've brought up Pat Tillman. So does that name ring a bell with you? Rings a bell. So he was an NFL player that gave Died. up his oh, yeah, career yeah, yeah, yeah. to go fight. Right. And he ended up uh, dying in the war. Okay. So everybody's like, what, what about Pat Tillman? And I mean, he actually did sacrifice everything. He sacrificed his life for our country. What about him? What about him? And it's like, exactly what? That has nothing to do about with him. this conversation. And how do you know that Pat Tillman wouldn't be kneeling on the field? Right. You can't, like, you can't pick who your heroes are and create that narrative around what you think is right. Like, um, I don't even know her name. I feel bad about this. But she was killed recently... And um, the right wing folks were saying, the person, Molly Tibbetts. Yes, she's the one. Um, that if we had tougher immigration laws, that this wouldn't have happened. I know. As soon as I saw that the person they arrested was an illegal immigrant, I was like, Here we go. Here we go again. But guess what? Her dad came out and said, You cannot use my daughter's no, name for this racist so many people, fucking bullshit. Yeah, so many, so many people from her family have said, Stop. Yeah. Like, Molly. Mm-hmm does not agree with you. This is These are not her beliefs, so right. don't use her as your reason for hating immigrants. Exactly. Yeah. I applaud that family very much. So I watched the, the whole two-minute ad um, <laughs> for the Nike commercial, and I, I mean, I'm an easy cry. Don't get it <laughs> twisted. I probably tear up once a day, um, but yeah, it had me verklempt. Mm. It was good. Go Seahawks. Um, and I'm my Nikes, <laughs> bitch. Guys. Nikes forever. <laughs> like, if you're buying those, like, white dad's Nike sneakers from Kohl's, like, Nike doesn't care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nike doesn't care if you're not going to buy those anymore. And then what are you going to do? Like, go buy Adidas and, like, be on Con- Kanye's team? <laughs> Fine. Go. I don't care. <laughs> That's your life. <laughs> um, I wanted to bring up... Uh, the Asia Argento mm-hmm. business. This is it's, it's a it's a it's a week of news, y'all. So, Asia Argento um, was one of the first women that came out against Harvey, uh, the sexual predator, um, about that oaf rape allegation. I haven't heard anything about him lately. He's in jail, that's why. Is he in jail? I think so. Is it? I need to do some research. I um, thought he was out on a million dollars. Oh, that could be the case too um so you know she was one of the forefronts of the uh me too too. times up movement yeah with rose mcgowan right um she was also with anthony bourdain Mm -hmm. and his tragic death um so it's come out that she had, I don't know even what it is, uh, inappropriate sexual relationship or that she sexually assaulted Maybe. a one Mark J. Heller. Who no, 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 no. Like Sorry. 17 or 18? Jimmy Bennett. Yeah. Youngin. Yeah, he was 17 at the time. And, um, gross. And so I don't know, I don't know what happened, but there's like pictures of them like in bed together. Um, okay. Celebrities are so dumb. It's just fucking weird. And so, <laughs> like, I don't know what happened, but. There was a, there was hush money that was paid to Jimmy Bennett that was arranged by Anthony Bourdain. Oh, I didn't hear that part. Yes. So he was, they were supposed to pay him $380,000. That was going to be the total amount in installments, I guess. So they paid him a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000. But that, that has stopped. Because he did. Because what? Anthony Bourdain is dead now. Right. Well, but I don't know if that was arranged. I mean, I don't know where it was coming from. Because, see, my mind goes to Anthony Bourdain died. He didn't get the full payout, so now he's coming out with his story. Ah, uh, some, um, possibly. Yes. Thank you for connecting those dots for me. I didn't see that. But, yes. So, um, yeah. So that is going on. And some people think that um, the it, powers that be that 
who she pissed off with her allegations. Push the story. Yeah. My mind goes to, it does feel hypocritical. <laughs> it does, yeah. But also, I don't fucking know. This is a complicated one. Because I feel like I don't not believe her about Harvey oh, and all 100%. that stuff. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But also, you have to make sure, and this is just like... Mind your P's and Q's. While I'll, I will never run for president. <laughs> because you have to know that things that you've done in the past will... Please, you, got, you got sex stories out there. <laughs> I've got so many sex stories out there. I've got so many sex sex tapes. Scandals. Like, like Kim Kardashian. But I guess the other thing that maybe is uh, applaud worthy is she thought that maybe her story was bigger than what she did wrong. Yeah. And she was like, well, if it's going to come out, it's still worth it for me standing up. Right. What I think is annoying is Rose McGowan keeping herself in the news. Because she came out against... Argento. Oh, she did? Mm-hmm. Oh. And kind of like disowned her a little bit. And I'm just like, you're just trying to get another headline. That's my perspective, people. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's messy, and that's still unfolding. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, hush money, man. That's messy. Have you ever paid anybody hush money? Never. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can't know. <laughs> I wish I had that kind of money. <laughs> um, what else? Because um, I'm coming up on my last one yeah, here. Yeah, go for it. All right, so we would be bad podcasters if we didn't talk about this letter that right. was sent to the New York Times yesterday. The secret letter. The secret anonymous op-ed letter talking about how he's a part of the a senior... A senior staff person yes. for the Trump administration is talking about how he's a part of the inside resistance mm-hmm. against President He's not naming any names. He's not saying who he is. 45. Now, um, I'm, t- I'm reading this up now because this segues into our topic for this week, which is bad bosses. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, President 45 is the ultimate bad boss. (laughs) Not a bad bitch. She's a bad boss. He's the ultimate bad boss. He's the worst boss. I mean, he's had two kind of damning things come out against him this week because there's a new book called Fear by a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. I mean, they don't just give out Pulitzer Prizes willy-nilly. Wasn't he the Watergate guy? Yes, he was a reporter in Watergate. Uh Um. And then we have this anonymous letter from somebody that's a senior official inside the organization. Allegedly, right? Do we know? No. The New York Times said they vetted this. this guy. They vetted this guy. This this person, this male or female, is who they say they are. Uh-huh. Now, um, did you read it? I I can't do. I can't read any of this. No, I didn't. Okay. Tell, give me the highlights. They're like, he is, President 45 is amoral, that he is, um, he has no distinction of right and wrong. And so this little group of the resistance, they're the adults in the room Mm -hmm. that are doing the right things, even though they know that the president is doing the wrong thing. So it's basically like what they called a two-track presidency. Like you've got 45 who wants to do this whole thing and then there's a group that's working to quote-unquote frustrate his plans mm-hmm. because he has a temper, he goes he goes off the rails. I mean, everything that we already know. So they're just babysitting? Is that what they're saying? Yes. They're trying to keep it cute, as cute as they can yeah. with this crazy administration, this crazy yeah. president. This is what they were at. The root of the problem is the president's amorality. Anyone who works with him knows he is not moored to any discernible first principles that guide his decision-making. Like he's just uh, let's, sure. tempestuous. Yeah. Is that a word? Tempestuous? Um, impetuous? Um, and, you know, and this guy's, he's a little bit of a douche. Like he was uh, extolling the, the tax plan that mm-hmm. has put us deeper into debt. Um, and he's saying that we're a little bit safer now that 45 is in office. Um, but I'm just like, okay, he talks about his erratic behavior and how you never know if he's going to change his mind from one minute to the next. Again, well, uh, this all is not, things that we know. Yes. So my question um, is, 
why did you write this letter? Correct. Like, are you trying to make me feel better? Because it actually just makes me feel worse. Well, I just feel like this is him giving himself or her giving herself an anonymous, anonymous glow up. They just want to see themselves in the news. Because the thing is, it's, it, for me, it's all the same noise. Mm-hmm. It doesn't add or subtract to the conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it is alarming because you have somebody inside that President Trump, oh, I just said his name, that he put him there himself saying that there's a group of them mm-hmm. that are going against him. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, again, we say this every week, the likes of something that we've never experienced before. At least we haven't known to experience before. Right. Um, However, and this will be the first time you ever hear me say this. 45 got on the news last night, and he said that this was a gutless move. And I agree with that. Yeah, sure. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah. But you're not facing any repercussions, and you're not standing up to him. Right. Here's the thing, is What that is the thing? Normally, in, like, when everything is, like, balanced, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't apply here. Like, the enemy of my enemy is not necessarily my enemy. They're still my enemy. Like, it, it doesn't matter that you think that you're working against him. It's not... It does not help the situation. It doesn't make you better. It doesn't... You know, you're adding nothing to this dynamic, you know? Yeah. Does it make sense? But no, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Because you not adding your name to it and right. not publicly taking a stand and realize this is wrong and this is bad is doing nothing. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. it's just interesting, and I've enjoyed listening to all the commentary on it. <laughs> I, it's so much. Yeah. It's just all noise to me. Seriously. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for news to come up that's not noise. That's actually... Things that are happening. Yes. That's going to keep the ship moving or, or sink it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, so yeah, guys. Bad bad bosses. Yeah. Gonna 45 s- is the ultimate bad boss. He is the ultimate bad boss for sure. Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, so... Have you had a lot of jobs... Yeah, I usually change jobs every three years. Three years. Three years will be in January for me here with Aaron, so uh-huh. he better watch out. Have you been in the same field, though? Mm-mm. Okay, it's always been a different field. Um, Yeah, I mean, when I graduated from college, it was basically, uh, I was, like, paper pushing in the mm-hmm. mortgage industry, and then it was sales, because I think you do sales when you don't know what else to do. Mm. I wasn't very good at sales. Um, and then it was yoga. Wellness. And I was in the yoga and wellness industry for eight or nine years. And we and some retail stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And then I work here with Aaron because of nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was trying to think back of my bosses. And I was thinking, well, mostly it's, it's been in the yoga and wellness fields. Mm-hmm. I had a few jobs outside of that, which um, I kind of love. Um, so thinking back to bad bosses, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't think he was a bad boss, but he was. <laughs> he wasn't a bad boss to me because this was my boss, Ron, at Bank of America. I love Bank of America <laughs> talks. When I was doing my dance thing, you know, with my agency and all that stuff. So the reason why he was a great boss for me, but a bad boss for the bank, <laughs> is because he let me go on these four-hour auditions whenever I wanted to. Yeah. You know, like my agent would call and say, I've got a gig for you. I have to go check it out. I'm like, hey, Ron, I got to take off tomorrow. And he would totally let me go. Because he was like uh, like a child actor himself. So he was like totally So he understood. He understood. But the bank wasn't cool with it. You know what I mean? Because I didn't get my shit done. But I also think if you're in L.A., you have to be flexible. You like in order to get people to stay at a job. Doesn't it seem that you have to like let people go for auditions? Yeah, yeah. I guess. But you know, like yeah, we were supposed to look professional, right? Mm-hmm. I would come in like my parachute pants and like you I know, love young like pie. a funky top, and sometimes I wear a beanie. Like I was so unprofesh, 
And I love Ron for not caring. I love Ron, too. But I'm sure the bank was like, what are you doing with this kid? Oh, you know the <laughs> yeah. bank didn't know? You know the, the, the higher-ups, they didn't know. <laughs> no, they didn't know. Um, so... Anytime the district manager came in, you had to have your ass on that seat. Definitely. <laughs> I, I would put on my slacks, you know, um, put on my button-up shirt. I could play the role. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, he was, he was great for me. But he was probably not a great boss overall. I also, you know, I have an affinity in my heart for the name Ron. Ron, like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Ron Swanson, Ron, your boss. I Ron. Lo- I do. I love like Ron. to call my husband Ron. <laughs> um, have you been a boss? Oh yeah. What? How would you say your evolution of a boss was? Um, becoming. I started out guns a blazing. And it didn't matter who I shot down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mellowed out. I think we have that in common. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I've definitely been a bad boss. Oh, yeah. So when I first got my managerial position, um, I automatically assumed that because I had the title, I had the respect. Yeah. And it was like, yes, no, yes, no, get out. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I didn't understand why people she didn't. She brash. Y'all. I didn't understand why people didn't like me. <laughs> right. And I felt that people automatically had to like me because I was the boss. I mean, automatically had to respect me because I was the boss. Right. And that's just not the way it was. Yeah, I pulled the stunt when I first became a boss. I, I managed a studio, a yoga studio. And there was one teacher who, she had a class on the schedule. Um, and so for like the first two months of class, she subbed her class every single week, right? And so I did the math on it. And um, when I emailed her, I like gave her stats. Like, you've only taught 27% of your classes and you got to know that's not acceptable. You did it in an Excel spreadsheet and everything. <laughs> and then so she, she, she clapped back and was like, actually, if you did the math correct, I was there 29%. Oh, 29. <laughs> and she let me have it. She was not happy with me. and um, But then my boss, like, stuck up for me. I was like, well, regardless of the math, he's right. You've got to get your shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do regret coming off as, as so prickly mm-hmm. with her. Sorry, Francesca. Um, but I yeah. think you can give yourself grace, and I learned to give myself grace. <laughs> because you have to learn. Yes. Definitely. So you learned I from that point yeah. on, and you were able to make changes where right. changes needed to be made. For sure. Yeah. Um, in every job that I've had, except for my, my very first job out of college, um, the person that interviewed me and hired me, as soon as I left, scratch Ooh, that, as soon hired. as I was hired and yeah. joined the team, they, they left. left. Interesting. In every single job. Huh. And it sucked. Right. Because part of the like the hiring process is that chemistry between the person that's gonna be your boss and yourself. Right. And then whenever they leave or get promoted, change organizations, whatever, whatever, the person that replaced them, they never liked me as no. much. Right. And that always was terrible for me. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the last time when it happened at uh, at Core Power, you know, I was so excited to work with Sarah, our friend Sarah. And when she oh, yes. called and told me that she was joining another team, I started crying on the phone with her. <laughs> now, I had only worked with her for two months. Uh-huh. So this was, it was kind of weird. <laughs> like, I think that she was a little bit taken aback. But I was like, at that point in my career, I was in my mid-30s early to mid thirties. And I felt like I could, I had had a choice in the jobs that I wanted. And I had specifically chosen to work at core power because I was excited to work with Sarah. Mm -hmm. And then she left and I was like, well, this fucking blows now. (laughs) And that is not saying anything on who, you know, replaced her. Right. But I was just like, again, this is happening again. (laughs) So, um, Going further back, I worked at a, a youth center in mm-hmm. Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, and the person, I remember this so distinctly, 
I was making five dollars an hour, and I thought I was so happy. I was like, "Yeah, baby, making that money." (laughs) Um, Just pouring coffee and getting people sodas. And um, my boss, her name was Tina, Uh, and like I loved Tina very much, but everyone hated her. Why? Big. I don't. Well, because I, I know that they like they wanted to see her more. They thought that she should be there twenty four seven. Um, they just wandered all the time. And the thing is, it's like, these are gay kids, gay teenagers, who have, they're emotional, and they're needy, and they are hella dramatic, mm-hmm. right? And so, they just wanted her attention, right? And she was trying to live her life. Like, they weren't paying her enough to have her on call 24-7. Right. You know? Um, and I remember, like, there was a time when, there was just some random teenage drama normal teenage drama that happens and they called her at home and she was like wait are you kidding me I can't come in I'm having dinner with my girlfriend right now right and that's why people hated her because they just wanted her attention 24-7 so what happened with her? um I mean she was embattled you know like uh people didn't like her in that role but I understood her it's mm-hmm. like yeah like let her live some life you know but I love Tina because like she was the first lesbian I met and um she was so funny she she was like from Massachusetts and she loved driving a stick and so she knew that I drove like Honda Civic like a little uh, automatic and she's like, I can't drive those things. So anytime I'm in an automatic, I feel like I'm driving a go-kart. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you are so lesbianic. I love it. Um, but I enjoyed her. A lot of people didn't. Um, but, you know, she had boundaries. And I appreciate that with her. <laughs> um, did I ever tell you about all the time that I tried to throw a coup to get my boss fired? Oh my God, I know. <laughs> so this was in Charlotte. So I... Just in case anybody from, you know, my last job is listening, this was not a core power yoga. This was in a place that will not be named, but I will say that it's no longer a company. Okay. Blockbuster. <laughs> you know, I was slanging those VHS tapes. Um, I had a boss, and again, it was the same scenario. It was the new boss that came in after my boss left. And... Um, we just did not... You're not feeling him or her. We we did not drive. And um, so I thought that she was dumb. Oops, she. <laughs> I thought that she was a waste of talent. She And I space. thought she was a waste of space. I thought that she picked on me. And my other coworkers, like, they actually agreed. They're like, she really does pick on you hardcore. Uh-huh. And who knows if they were just giving me lip service to make me feel better about myself. Um, but I was just like, this, I was all caught up in, like, this isn't fair. You know, I was in my mid-20s. This isn't fair. This isn't fair. So I had my coworkers over to my house because we were, like, a pretty tight <laughs> clique. And I even had appetizers. I love it. And I was like, guys, what are we going to do to get her out of there? Oh like, I organized God. this thing. And we, we, like, came up with a plan. Y'all, first I... we're going to watch The Hills. <laughs> and then we're going to devise a, a plan to get this boss out of there. <laughs> that was pretty much all. Was. Like, guys, with our chips and salsa and our, like, two-buck chuck, I'm sure it was. What are we going to do to get us out of there? She's the waste of space. Ah. So I actually, we talked about it. Everybody was on board. Oh, my God. I was the spokesperson. And so I went to uh, somebody that was in authority, but underneath her. Okay. Or maybe, like, side to side. Anyway. And I was like, we, we've we got to, like, we've got to bring this up to the higher-ups that this person is, you know, terrible. And she was like, I'm not doing it. She was like, if you want to do it, that's fine. But I'm not doing it. And actually, I don't recommend that you do it if you want to keep your job. And I, was, I was just like, oh, plan ported. Oh, no. So after that, I just quit. Oh, you did? Yeah. I was there for maybe another month or two, and then I got another job. I see. Yeah. To celebrate me getting another job, Aaron and I went to Bojangles, which is a fried chicken fast food restaurant. I just remember that. Oh, my God. How the biscuits, though? It's delicious. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> that's how poorly bad boss situations are. But, like, that's a funny story. But what makes – I've been thinking about this. What makes a boss a bad boss? Besides, like, you know, yeah. thinking that they demand authority. Um, I think when they have 
only their best interest in mind. Their own. Their own. Yeah. And they do not see um, trying to help their employees. Not they're not trying to raise their vibration, their vibration and mm-hmm. their skill set. It's very and, yogic. Do you know principle. what I mean? Because um, I had one of those. Someone that was just up for herself. Yeah, I said it, her. <laughs> um, and every single thing that you would do that didn't have to do with her, because not everything is, is about her, she would try to find out, well, how does it affect me? Mm, narcissistic um, Yeah, tendencies. and so, like, and things like we were friends, and so we had a huge fight in front of a bunch of people about it. It was pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, it was it was just because she was worried about how people perceived her, um, and not concerned about, you know, the morale of her staff and how, you know, we could all become better workers and you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this case where I tried to throw the coup, not only did she pick on me, but she just didn't know our job. Mm. Like, and I think that's hugely important for a manager yeah. to understand what their employees are doing. Sure. But more often than not, I've seen people get placed where they're like, they don't know what the actual day-to-day job is of their oh, employees. Right. And so then they'll come in and they'll try to give advice or give some busy work so they can feel like they contributed right. something. Mm-hmm. But then it's taking away from the actual experience. Right. You know, most people don't quit their jobs. They quit their managers. Wow. Ain't that deep? deep, yo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this next section, it's going to be yoga stuff, yoga bosses. There's a bunch of them, but to protect their dumb names, Mm -hmm. I'm going to just keep it general. Um, Their dumb names. So when I started uh, being a yoga teacher, um, there was a studio, a local studio that I I, I was going to, um, and he's kind of well-known, actually, this person um, that owned the studio. Um, and I thought it was a, a perfect situation. It was close to my house, you know. They took a chance on me as a new teacher. Um, but he was so competitive. Like, he had to have the most students in class. And I remember it's, there was a time where, like, if you had a solid practice, he would try to find ways to mess it up like I was like in a tree pose and he came over and pushed me over that's not normal <laughs> like with his hand that is like abnormal <laughs> I thought it was hilarious like this guy is crazy let's see what else he's got right <laughs> um so but it got so another weird thing that happened was that he was like a very sexual person okay and and I don't know if he did this to be sexual or what the purpose was but he, there was, it was a single bathroom, and he would take his underwear and lay it, like, out. And I was like, I don't get why a, you took your underwear off. And, like, you're not putting it in your bag, but mm-hmm. you're, like, laying it out for everyone to come in and That's, see. Yeah. Bizarre, right? That's super bizarre. But then it got real real when, um, for three months, every paycheck bounced. Oh, I cannot cash a damn paycheck, and that's when things went real south. So what happened? So we we all quit. You never got your three months. I I did eventually, um, but I had quit, and then I was like, "You guys, what is going on? This is not acceptable." Mm-hmm. And then um, they're like, "All right, well, um, if you go and after three o'clock today <laughs> and try to cash it, it should go through," and it did that time. <laughs> But it was like, you know, like, that's messy. Yeah. Yeah. They were in trouble. And, like, and I would see him, like, um, like, at the end of the night, he would, like, stop by and, like, go through the cash drawer and, like, take money out of it and then go eat sushi. <laughs> like, they're living hand to, to mouth. That's is the place weird. still open? It is not open anymore. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, well, and what happened is, like, their daughter, I'm giving up way too much information here, she became a pretty big child actress, and so they quit their lives and um, started I need so many more details. We're going to have to have a, we're going to have to have a wind down after this. So, yeah, that happened. Um, so one time, this is just so petty. 
and uh, where I'm at a conference with a company, and they have one of those speakers that's like trying to get everybody all revved up about their lives and yeah. working for this company. And um, this is this is like a little twofold story because I can honestly say that I've never had like a teacher or a manager slash boss that has influenced me. And I feel like there's something wrong with me because have you ever mm. been somewhere where they're like, raise your hand where you had a teacher that really influenced your life? Like oh. when they're trying to get people hyped up about education. Right. I cannot raise my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and this happened at the Pearl Jam concert a couple weeks ago mm. when Eddie Vedder's talking about like public school in Seattle and blah, blah, blah. Raise your hand to be a teacher. Yeah, I can't raise my hand. I can't think of anyone. <laughs> they was all basic, yo. <laughs> Aaron raised his hand. <laughs> I couldn't raise my hand. I love it. Um, but it's in terms of bosses, right? So we're at this conference, and this guy's speaking and talking about like managers that have influenced your life. I'm sitting beside my manager. This is a key point. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, so imagine um, you have a panel of five or six people that that's like your guiding principles. Like if you have uh, questions in your life of, which way do I go? Choose yes or no. Mm-hmm. Um, like, who do you think about? Start thinking about who's on your panel of people. Yeah. So I start thinking, who's on my panel? La, la, la. And then he says, now, everybody raise your hand if you've had a manager that has been on that panel. I'm sitting beside my manager. Oh, that's Ox. I'm Allison. I'm me. Ox, Ox, Ox. I didn't raise ox my orange. hand. Uh-huh. I didn't raise my hand because she would not be on my panel. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and so uh, afterwards, this no is where shizer. this is where the petty part comes in. Okay. She she turns to me and she goes, "So I wasn't on your panel?" And I said, "No." no. I said, "No." Yeah. And she was like, "Oh, you weren't on mine either." Why did why did she feel the need to say that? Why did she feel the need to say that? Petty. That was so yeah, wrong. Tom Petty of her. <laughs> <laughs> it's a petticoat junction of her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but have you had a teacher or a boss that really like influenced you? Uh, yes. Her name is Annie Carpenter. She's a teacher. See, why can't I have somebody? I mean, she was amazing. And then also going back to high school, there was uh, Ms. Carlson. You just called her Ms. Mm-hmm. She's like, that's okay, just call me Ms. She was like, she was a boss ass bitch. Yeah. She scared the shit out of everyone. What did she first teach? Day. English. I think it was 10th grade English. Um, yeah, and um, I mean, it was her thing to scare the bejesus out of every single person to, and that was her way of gaining respect from day one. Mm-hmm. And then she worked, yeah. But then she got kind of like a little extra and she would just tell us way more personal stuff than she needed to. Mm. Like I felt bad for her because she had like rheumatoid arthritis, but she would like tell us about it. Over and over and over. You're like, I'm in high school. But she was a great teacher, though. Yeah, she was really inspiring that way. Yeah. The only person that has ever really inspired me. Me, oh God, thanks. You inspire me. (laughs) But, and I hate to say this, Ron. Oh, your husband. (laughs) He's like, he's such a hard worker and also a really nice guy and a really honest guy. So. She's tearing. Oh, Here I go so again sweet. on my own. Um, so I want to circle back to being let's, a bad boss. Let's circle. Um, As your, yourself was a bad boss? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I have done a thing Uh-oh. where I fired someone over text message. Okay. That's like breaking up on a to. post-it. I did. Okay. So here's the thing is that this particular yoga teacher... He didn't come to two of his classes during the week. And his excuse for the second time was that he had a personal training session. <laughs> so that, that takes precedent? Because he would, he'd make more money that way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and you're done, though. That's great, but, you know. And so he said, well, I'll, I'm coming to my class on Thursday, and we can talk about that. I was like, no, I'm done with you. First of all, I didn't, I didn't want him. I inherited him. Right? Yep. See, that's me. People inherited me. <laughs> so I didn't want him to come to that class. And so I had, I, and he would not pick up his phone. And so I was like, I had to text him and say, like, do not bother coming on Thursday. 
you don't work here anymore. <laughs> and then so he called me right away, obviously, because I mean, it's like I couldn't get a hold of him before. And then all of a sudden, he calls right away. And I, we had it out on the phone, and he told me I was being unprofessional. I was like, even if that's the case, you said don't work here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you shirked your duties. Right. That's job abandonment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're, you're allowed to get fired over that. And it's not like he forgot. He chose not to come. Yeah. You know, and so I was like, boy, bye. Yeah. Although I didn't say boy, bye back then, because that didn't exist yet. Oh, happy birthday, Beyonce. That just <laughs> no, reminded me right. of that. <laughs> happy birthday, Beyonce. Um, I definitely had favorites as a boss. Mm. And I. it's hard for me not to show partiality. Mm-hmm. And I used to rationalize it to myself as... This person and I just have a connection. Right. So I'm, I'm able to, like, confide in them more and than I am with this person. But that's not a good <laughs> boss. It's not a good boss. Um, I have fired a teacher because they didn't take the feedback I gave them about their class. Mm. And, like, they were, they, like, lost numbers. Like, they people weren't coming to her class because she talked like a ghost. She's like, like a ghost. Yes. Inhale. I was like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Do, you not, do you not hear yourself? And so I, I was... Apparently people don't. Yeah. And this is when I was like a, a much more of a strict person. Um, Were you one of those by the book people? Not by but, but my own book. I didn't care about the company book more so than my own. And because she didn't take my feedback, I was like, I had to let her go. And people were... There was like a couple people that were really mad at me because of it. Because they would take her class regularly but it wasn't it was like two people so I wasn't that heartbroken over it yeah yeah ouch it's hard to be a manager because and I think that we expect people that are managers to to be really good at what they do and well they should be sorry but more often than not they're not I know it's not the case I know but I think that's so backwards yeah mm-hmm. it's just because you kind of promote somebody because they're there and right they're a warm body they're yeah Happens more often than we like to think so. Way more often. So those two incidences, I did feel really positive about my decision to let them go yeah, or whatever. They sound worth it. Uh oh. But there was one time, yo. Did they? Did they? So there's this one time litigate um, that I felt bad. So here's the thing. I was managing a studio, and um, the owner, the big wig. Um, approached me and said, hey, my girlfriend wants to teach yoga. And the only place, the, the only um, spots that she can teach are these two. They weren't really prime time. They were just like these specific spots. Mm-hmm. And they happened to be the same teacher, right? And I didn't love her class. I wasn't offended by it, but I didn't love it. And he asked me, what do you think about her class? So I was like, well, I don't love it, but whatever. And he's like, well, then get rid of her. And I was like, really? And he's like, uh-huh. And so um, I did. Oh, yeah. You kind of feel shitty after uh, that. I know. I felt. And, and she was not happy with me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel really shitty. And I'm sorry, girl. I can't say her name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was. Um, Sometimes you. And this is where he was being a bad. You're terrible. And this is not the only time he pulled this kind of stuff, you know. Um, yeah. And so that was like, that's one thing that I regret as a boss that I let this person go. Like, I mean, she was sandbagged, and I admit it, you know. I was only following instructions, like Nazi Germany. Yeah. (laughs) One of the worst things I, I don't like about managers is when... They steal ideas from their employees. Yes, that's the other thing I was going to bring up. And take credit for them. Yeah. Man, the way to like lower morale faster than uh-huh. is not give your people credit totally. and take credit for their ideas. Yeah. Man, that's happened also in ha- more. Has it? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to work. Well, you know, let's, let's not work, y'all. Yeah, let's not let's work. Just hold hands. Guys, and can sing we do Kumbaya. a GoFundMe for the gripe so yeah. we don't have to work anymore? <laughs> So those are all of my bad boss situations that I could think of. I think we had a lot. It was a good amount. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Oof. I need a shower now, y'all. Um, thanks for listening. Um, 
next week. (laughs) (laughs) I just gave Kai this look like, Like, oh, we haven't talked about next week. We'll let y'all know on Instagram. Yeah, I can't remember. I had an idea. But anyways, um, thanks for listening. And um, find us on wherever you get your podcasts. Write us a review on iTunes. Send us an email at thegripepodcast at gmail.com. You're so good at that. I'm just going to take over <laughs> I was that portion. Say. <laughs> All right. And we we'll love check y'all. you next time. <gasps> Bye-bye. Bye.